I've thrown down a couple times there. <laughs> Jim always looks at me. He's like, why do you do that? <laughs> How are you guys doing this evening? Everybody doing cool? Everybody's nice? How, how, how many of you guys enjoy this kind of weather? That's kind of rainy kind of... Really, all you guys? That's all right for a little bit. Um, <clears throat> it's like, I came out today. It's like, man, it's sunny. Right on, man. It's still a little cold. I still, I, I like, the, I like the, the hot weather. I don't mind the cold. Yeah, me, me and Suzanne are like right there. <clears throat> but when we started doing worship or, you know, practicing earlier and we started doing the Christmas songs, I mean, I know we did one on Sunday, but we started doing more tonight. And it's like, I just got like, yes, yes, the church looks like it's Christmas time. Um, hey, it's about that time of year. I don't like that hustle and bustle part of it that Jim was talking about. Uh, not that I do a lot of it. My my wife does most of that. But just that everything just starts moving faster. And it's like, you know, I want to encourage you that as much as is possible with you, slow it down for you. You know, I know I know you got to go do all these things. <clears throat> but do not forget to slow it down to, to just be still in the midst of all of this. Be still and know that he is God. Be still and understand that the season or the reason for this season is always Jesus. And um, and again, man, we can get so caught up in so many things in this and everything is going to be tugging at you. And so you really need to keep yourself in check, keep yourself in fellowship, keep yourself in your word, keep yourself praying. I know you'll probably be praying for that good deal or the people to get out of your way or all that kinds of stuff. You can pray about that, but honestly, spend some time with Jesus, man, on a regular basis. Um, we're not going to meet on Christmas Day. which Christmas Day and New Year's Day are Thursday, so we won't be here. And so we have like two more weeks after this, and we will be in the book of Romans. And I'm thinking I'm going to finish Romans um, by that time we finish. So, and then by by the first of the year, we'll be doing something different, something new. <clears throat> so looking forward to that as well. Um, also, on Sunday mornings, I'll be finishing up First John. We'll be going into Second John and Third John and then on and on like that. But I'm looking at like the Sunday before Christmas and then the New Year, right before the New Year's, of doing something different. And so pray, pray for me. My little pea brain just keeps on going and going. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm done with one study. I'm already looking for the next study. And I'm already looking a month and ahead. And I'm just like going, going, going. And um, and in this time, and I know that, you know, um, I get to do what I get to do. But I have to, like, honestly calm myself down, too. Like I'm telling you guys to, like, hey, just chill out. Just relax. Enjoy this time. And so I want to be doing that too with my family. And so I want you guys to be doing that with your families, okay? And so just be praying for our church. A lot of people are, don't have, a, you know, what they used to have and it's hard for them. Other people are just like going out and buying everything they possibly can. So, you know, we got one, one, one extreme to the other. So just be praying for our church so we just kind of like keep focus. Um, keep Jesus in the middle of everything. And so... Let's pray once again, and then we'll get into what we're going to be getting into tonight. And Jesus, we just, once again, Lord, want to thank you so much, Father. Lord, as we um, just kind of look to you for tonight, as the busyness has started and uh, 
just work and all that stuff that happens, Lord. I pray that tonight, Lord, we would be able just to, um, just to rest, just to be still, just to hear from you, Lord. <clears throat> Lord, I pray that you would help me, even as I teach this portion of Scripture, Lord, help me to do it some justice, Lord. The things that you've already impressed on my heart, the things that I've, I've put on my notes, and, and things like that, Lord. I just want to be open to your spirit <clears throat> for what you want tonight. And so just uh, prepare my brothers and sisters' hearts, and then uh, just do a work, Lord. Be with everybody in this building, from the little kids to the teenagers in the back back there, and, and with us here, Lord God, and we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So after being <clears throat> being away from the book of Romans for a couple of weeks, we are back into the book of Romans. We are still in chapter 15, if you want to make your way there. And then more than likely, we will finish chapter 15 tonight. Um, as I shared with you last time, a couple of weeks ago, if you were here, we, we, we're in the portion of the book of Romans that's considered the conclusion. Um, it, it's been an amazing book and we're at the end, but there's 16 chapters and we're in chapter 15 and we're already in the conclusion. And, and this is like the longest goodbye that Paul gives in his letters. All of his letters. He, he, he writes like 13 some letters and, and this is like the longest goodbye. And... Um, and so we covered part of that last time, and we have one more, no, we'll finish tonight, um, this portion here. But even though Paul had never been to Rome, um, he, had, he had a fondness, um, he had a love, a, uh, he felt a closeness with the brothers and sisters in Rome. And his goodbye here almost seems like they have been good friends for a long time. He, he just can't say goodbye. And, and in, his, in his closing here, he gets pretty open with them. He gets pretty personal with them. And I, think, I just think that's kind of interesting that he's never met them, and yet he's opening up a little bit to them about his own personal life and his personal desires and, and things like that, things that he felt like the, that the Lord was sharing with him. He was going to share with these people whom he had never met. Again, sometimes we, 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 we might think like, well, you know, in this day and age, what's the difference? I mean, with, with social media the way it is, you know, you talk to people, you've never even met them, but you're chatting all the time and stuff like that. Well, it, was, it was nothing like that back there. Um, he may have known some people there from his travels, but by and large, he didn't know the church there. And yet, in his goodbye here, he gets personal. And it, it, it almost seems like he kind of lets down his guard. But then again, I really don't think that Paul really ever had his guard completely up with people. And I think that's what people liked about that man. Um, I know that's what I like when I read about Paul, that he's pretty open. And, uh, and, and so it, it wasn't so much that he, he guarded himself. He, he put himself out there. He opened himself up. Um, he didn't have much to hide anyways. Most people knew about Paul because they knew about his past. Not everybody, but a lot of people. They knew where he had come from. They knew his background. They knew his pedigree. 
But he makes himself vulnerable to people. He was who he was and that's all he was. You know, he could have been great, but that's all he was now. He was just an apostle to the to the people. He he opened himself up. And and, and people were drawn to that, and people were drawn to him. And even though he hadn't met most of them that he was writing to, I think they also had a fondness for him. Not only did he have this fondness for them, but but they too, they had this fondness for him. And it almost seems like they were they were wanting him to come, as, as he writes to them, as we'll see even a little bit more tonight. Um, there was just this longing to 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 be with one another. And so, as we continue in this chapter and perhaps finish this chapter, we we continue to see Paul's openness. Uh, sharing with them as if uh, they had been good friends forever. So let's start in verse 14, chapter 15. He says, Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written to you more boldly, I have written more boldly to you in some points, as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God, for I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed, to make the Gentiles obedient in in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem round about to I, I re, I, Eric Holm or whatever the place was. Um, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not announced, they shall see. And those who have not heard shall understand. Verse 22. For this reason, I also have much, I I also have been much hindered from coming to you. But now no longer having a place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come to you. Whenever I journey to Spain, I will come to you. For I hope to see you on my journey and be helped on my way there by you, if first I may enjoy your company for a while. For I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. 
For if the Gentiles have been partakers of the spiritual thing, of the spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Therefore, when I have performed this and I have sealed to them this fruit, I will go by way to you to Spain. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Now I beg you, brethren, there, uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayer to God for me, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and that and may be refreshed together with you. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. This is like the second or third time in this chapter that he's kind of given a little like goodbye, a little, you know, benediction like uh, to, to, to leave, you know. Um, I think it was in, in verse 5, he, he says, now my, may God grant you patience and comfort and, and kind of like, I got to go now. And then in verse 13, he says, now may God, you know, the God of hope and, and another like, I got to go now. And then he gets to verse 33, he says, no, like really, I'm going now. You know, and then he still have, we still have another chapter to go. And so he keeps on saying like, I got to go. I'll see you guys later. Um, but he hasn't left. And so as we go back to, to our text here in verse 22, verses 22 to 24, <clears throat> he says, For this reason I also have been much hindered from coming to you. Paul had just got done telling his readers that it was his aim. It was his aim, his desire, his focus to preach the gospel. And then he quotes the last part of Isaiah 52:15 as he makes reference to the Gentiles. Paul, you know, again, everybody knew for the most part his pedigree. He he was he was a he was a, a, a staunch Jewish man, a good Jewish boy, man. He was going to be a Pharisee. He was going to be top dog in the Pharisees because he was headed in that way. And yet when he was converted, the Lord kind of shared with him what he would be going through and, and who he would go to. And his heart was always for his own people. And everywhere he went, he looked for a synagogue to go share the gospel with his people, the Jewish people. And they always came against him. They always turned their back on him for the most part. Some believed, a lot of them didn't. And so the Lord showed him that his ministry was towards the Gentiles. Those who, who were considered by the Jews to be less than dogs, basically. And, and yet, he knew that that's what God was calling, to, calling him to. And so, last week, or last time, we were kind of sharing how he, he just says, you know, I, I am going to preach the gospel, and it is towards the Gentiles. And it was his aim to do all he can to reach those people. And so, he had been about his father's business, doing what he had been called to do. And so, he says in verse 22, And for this reason... For this reason, because I've been busy and working and doing all these things, I have been much hindered from coming to you. He had never had the time or the opportunity 
to make it to Rome. It had been his desire for years to go. He was a Roman citizen, not by birth basically, but his father had become a Roman citizen, so it made him a Roman citizen. And so he kind of wanted to go see Rome. He wanted to be there, whether it was a, a just a fleshly desire or a spiritual desire, whatever the case was, he wanted and he longed to go to Rome. Now, I would, I would think now that because he's a believer and there's believers there, he wants to go and share the gospel with them too because he told us in the beginning of the book that he longed to go so, so that he may impart these gifts, gifts to them. And that gift was the grace that he had received. And so here, he, he had longed to be with them, but he was hindered from going to them. Now, I I don't believe that this hindrance was any kind of satanic work that was holding them back from going like he told the Thessalonians. When when, when he said, I I want to get to you guys, but I've been hindered from Satan. You know, there's obstacles in my way and I can't make it to go see you. This was not from the enemy in any way, shape or form. Paul had been seeking the will of God continuously. And he was doing the, the will of God. And, and, and what's happening here is just a matter of timing that he hasn't been able to go. He had been busy preaching the gospel. And he hadn't, you know, there was a lot of work at hand. And he wasn't going to leave something. And so his work in the ministry was what was hindering him. If Paul could help it, he would never leave something undone. He would finish what he was called to do before he moved on to another place. Now, there were times when Paul had to get out of Dodge quickly because they wanted to kill him or they wanted to imprison him or whatever the case may be. But there was times that he had to go and he never thought of that like, I didn't get to finish the work. To him, even in those instances... Even though he had to like leave in a hurry or get let down in a basket or, or however he had to, to get out of Dodge, he, he never like, oh man, I didn't get to finish. For him, whatever he got to do, that was good enough and he was ready to move on. You know, oftentimes we have regrets that we can never like finish the work or it's like, oh, I should have, I should have, I should have. You see, when Paul poured himself out, when he gave, he gave it all every day. And so if the next day he wasn't going to be there, he wasn't going to have any regret that he didn't get to finish the job. And so, and and, and honestly, that should be an encouragement to us that every day, because we're not promised tomorrow, we should give it all we've got like today was our last day. And Paul did not have any regrets. And so, you know, he was about doing the work. And there were times, yes, that he had to leave in a hurry, but he never, I don't think he ever had a regret for having to leave. Um, And when he did leave, he had already raised men up behind him to do the work. He got things going. He got things started. He never left something undone. If he couldn't finish it, he left good men there to finish the job. But at the time that Paul is writing this letter, he is at this, in the city of Corinth, for the third time on his third missionary journey. And he knows or he senses in a way that his work in that region is over. If you want to follow his journey, you can go from chapter 20 on 
That's when his third missionary journey starts. And, and, and you will see a lot of these things that he kind of talks about here. But, but he knows that, he, that, that you know, it's just kind of done here. He, he had been in Corinth for about three months in the city of Corinth. And his thought, his plan, was to get into a boat and cut across the Mediterranean Sea and, and go down to, to Caesarea and, and now get closer to Jerusalem because he wanted to get to Jerusalem bad. And he shares that here with us. He said, I, I need to go to Jerusalem. And before, you know, this little incident happens, he's already writing this letter to them and thinking, I'm going to be getting on a ship soon. And so I'm writing you this letter and I'm going straight to Jerusalem. Well, as he was planning to get onto the ship to go back, there was a plot to kill him. And so he decided, instead of getting on the ship and dying, um, I will double back and go back to the cities I just came to because he had gone th- through Ephesus and kind of went up and went across the, the, the little sea there and then came down to Corinth. And now, instead of coming back down this way, he has to go all the way back like this. And it was in that time that he sensed or began to understand that that this journey back was now his farewell tour as far as that region is concerned. And you know that by by reading through Acts when he, he's stopping in certain places and he's saying goodbye to 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 the people he has ministered to, especially when he gets to, to Maltus. And he, he, he calls for the elders of Ephesus to come down and he gives them this farewell speech that Honestly, most of the time when I read it, I just cry because it's like he loved these people and they loved him so much. And he says, you will not see my face anymore. And there was just this weeping man and this like, no, Paul, you can't do that to us. And yet Paul, I'm sure he cried too. Um, he says, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming back. And, and if I die, I die. You know, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going bound there by the spirit and I don't even consider my life to be important. And so it's almost like, Paul. And so he kind of understands that, that he's done in that whole area. Because he tells us right here in verse 23. But now no longer having a place in these parts. <laughs> no longer having a place in these parts. It was time to move on. Mainly because God had something else for him. Whether he realized it or not. There was no more room or or place for him in that part. And also because others had had been raised up. The churches were up and going. He had set people in order. And so Paul was not the type that he would just stay there forever. He he. He would stay, I think the longest he stayed was in Ephesus for for a few years in Corinth a couple times, you know. But but he wasn't going to stay there forever. But he sensed in this last time that there was no no longer a place in these parts. I I am the type of guy, (laughs) and I've always been like this. I am the type that wants everything and everybody to stay in place. I don't I hate changes like that. I hate 
when people decide, hey, I think God's calling me over there, I will question them and, and say, are you sure? Are you sure God's moving you here? Are you sure? Because to me, it's like, no, you just stay right here. Sit right there always. Don't move. Don't ever think about going anywhere else. Why would you even pray that? You know? I, but, but I'm that type of guy that, that I would not have done well with, with Paul. Yeah, he would have drove me nuts. Like, Paul, can we just stay with these people? They're really nice. They love us. They haven't tried to kill us. Come on. I hate it. I hate when, 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 when people decide it's time to move on because I want to keep things forever. And I mean forever in one place. <laughs> but that's not always God's plan. And you know, it just seems like God just keeps on like showing me that time and time again. You know, especially in these last three years, man. It's like things have changed. Not a lot, but things have changed. People have come. People have gone. Leaders have come in. People, leaders have gone out. Stuff like that. Stuff, stuff changes. And I don't like it not one bit. But just because I don't like it doesn't mean that it's not a good thing. Change is a, is a good thing. As, as much as I hate it, it is a good thing. As much as I want everything to stay the same, it, it just can't. Because oftentimes things get stale. And I'm a good maintainer in a lot of things. Let's just maintain the status quo. And it's like, no. And God's been challenging me too to, 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 to push, to move forward, to push people, to let people go when they have to go. You know, to hold them with an open hand, not to crush them as much as I want to, you know, because I just fall in love with people. And I'm a people kind of person. And so when people decide it's time to move on or God's telling me to do this, it's like, oh, gosh. And Paul knew that here. He knew that he had no more place there. And I know that I will cry over people time and again as long as God keeps me here, you know, because I've often thought like, Lord, is there something else for me? It's like, oh gosh, sorry I even mentioned it. I want to die here if I can, you know, not behind the pulpit so much, but I want to die here and feel it, you know, bury me in the back 40 back there, you know. Paul was not done with ministry by any means. He still had a lot of good years in him. But it wasn't going to be in that region. It wasn't going to be in that area. And it was okay. You know, I know the end of the story. It's like, yeah, I know. It turned out great for him. But sometimes we have plans. We have desires. And, and it's like, no, man, this is where I'm going to be. And then a, a month, a year later, God's going, no, it's time for you to get on. There's no more room for you here. There's no place for you. Here And so now it's time to move on. And guys, it, it, to me, pray for me about that because I, I, I am like a hoarder of people. I, I don't like, I, I want to get more and more. And it's like, I just want to hold on to them. And that's not always good. But Paul knew this. And because of that, because he knew that now this region is done, for him, Rome was more tangible than ever. He's going, I am going to go see you guys. 
I have been hindered by the... And, and it wasn't a bad thing that he was hindered, but he says, I've been hindered by, by all the work here, and now that there's no place for me, I could see Rome, man. I, I am ready for, for, for Rome, but I, I'm going to Spain because I want to go to Spain. And it's like he was ready for a Spain vacation. He was ready to go. He had done all he needed to do. And so he was ready. And I love the fact that the Apostle Paul had made plans for himself to go to Spain. It it, it was a desire of his to go to Spain. And his thought as he was thinking about going to Spain, he thought, as long as I'm going up there, I need to stop and see my peeps in Rome. I, I really want to get to know them before I go. And he says, man, I, I, I want to be able and spend a little bit of time with you there. And maybe, you know, you encourage me to, on, on my journey as I continue on. But, but what I want is, is I want to spend some, some good time with you. And I, I truly believe that, that Paul's heart was pure in going to Spain and even stopping in Rome. I believe that his motives were pure as well to go to Spain and, and, and stuff. But he, but he forgot a minor detail about his life. As I was thinking about this, as I was looking at, at the plans that he is making with these people, I, I, I thought, Paul, you're forgetting a, a, a minor detail that God has kind of has in store for you. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for you. And as I thought about this, knowing his life, knowing what will happen for him to get to Rome, I'm thinking, you know, it's not bad for us to make plans for our future. It's not bad. It's not bad to have goals set out in front of you. (laughs) Whether it's in ministry or, or your regular life. But we should not think that it's always going to be just easy and nothing's ever going to go wrong just because you're a Christian. Because I think oftentimes we romanticize that now because we are Christians, everything never, nothing's ever going to go wrong. I have this plan and it's going to go just the way I want it to. And guys, it doesn't always happen that way. And I love the fact that Paul is opening up his heart here, sharing with these people and saying, I want to go to Spain. I'm going to Spain. I'm going to get to Spain. We really don't know if he ever did or not, but... Be that as it may, he had a desire, but he said, I'm going to go to Rome. And God confirmed it. Jesus confirmed it to him at one point. You are going to Rome. He didn't tell him how he would begin to Rome, but he told them that you would be getting to Rome. Now, I, I like this portion of scripture back in Proverbs chapter, um, chapter 3. I read it the other day, and it just kind of reminded me of, of, of just life. You know, because we make these plans and we think everything should go hunky-dory and nothing should ever go wrong. And in Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in 23, it says this, um, Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord is your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. 
He says, I will be with you. I will be your confidence. I, I, I will make sure you get to your destination. But when terror comes or when wicked people get in your way, don't be afraid of it. And I thought, you know, again, oftentimes we think, man, everything should go hunky-dory in my life because I'm a child of the king, right? And the king, you know, and, 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 and his family, they get everything they want. And it's like, no, not in this case. Oh, don't get me wrong. God will take care of us. He will get us to our destination. He will do whatever it takes to get us there. But it's not always going to be a bed of roses. Not, not always going to be smooth sailing. Paul is, is, is just thinking of this amazing, almost romanticizing, this trip to Spain. But it wasn't going to be a, a, a smooth sail. It was going to be a rough voyage. A drastic voyage. A disastrous voyage. But he would get to Rome. Paul's desire was that when he got to Rome... It, 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 it was a, this positive attitude that he had. He wanted to get there to fellowship with his brothers and sisters, to have this communion, this quality time with them, to enjoy the company of the Roman believers. And once again, that encourages me about Paul. Again, he, he, he does not know what this voyage is going to look like, but he's saying, when I get there though, I will have fellowship. I, I, I will have this koinonia this this amazing time with the brothers and sisters there not knowing them he wanted to know them he he, he wanted to that this word enjoy means that he wanted to be filled up satisfied with their company with their fellowship it would be a refreshing time spiritually for him because that's what fellowship should be for one another, for us. It should be a refreshing time. My, my wife, not always, but she often calls, you know, when I get home late from tonight and stuff, she says, oh, Mr. Fellowship. Um, <laughs> not in a bad way, but she knows I am Mr. Fellowship. I thrive on fellowship. I love hanging out with our, my peeps here. And she knows that. And she loves it too, don't get me wrong. But I cannot get enough of fellowship. I don't think it's so much for you, but is it is it for me? I need you that. I need to, to be around fellowship and communion. And, and, and so when I see that Paul has this desire to be with people, that's that should be our, our desire. To to be in fellowship with people, to to encourage one another, to to be with one another. And so I just look at this and I'm going, oh, Awesome, Paul. You know, I feel bad because I know the rest of the story and as he's writing this, it's like, it's not going to end well for you, Paul. But you just go on with your bad self, Paul. Just keep on thinking those good thoughts. It's going to be an amazing cruise. (laughs) Poor guy. And then in verse 25 to 28, he says, Now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints there. And it has pleased those in Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution to the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. As Paul, again, is writing this letter, his plans are to to get on a ship and go straight to Jerusalem. But God had other plans for him. 
He would eventually get to Jerusalem and he would minister to the saints. But along the way, as he was getting closer, he knew that it wasn't going to go according to his plans. Again, when, when he gives his farewell speech to the, the Ephesians, he knew something's up. Something's not going great. And when he gets to Caesarea eventually, which is at, on the coast, and then Jerusalem's not too far from there, a few hours, well, driving part. When he gets to Caesarea, there's a, a prophet by the name of Ag- Agabus who, who prophesies, who demonstrates by getting Paul's belt and binding himself up. And he says, whoever owns this belt will be bound in Jerusalem. And so Paul's like seeing the writing on the wall going, yeah, it's not going to go great. And yet Paul, as, as, as he does that, he says, why, why, why do you guys, you know, everybody's all sad. He says, why do you guys break my heart this way? I'm ready to die. I'm, I'm good. You know, he had a, a desire to be to Rome and be at Spain, but he's saying, if I die at, 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 in Jerusalem, I die at Jerusalem again. He had no regrets whatsoever. He understood. And yet, I'm sure he wasn't like, man, I can't wait to get like beat up and locked up. I, that, that's not what it was. But, but he, he understood. Okay, Lord, it's not going to go according to my plan. But I love the fact that he had plans. But yet he was willing and he understood that it wasn't going to go the way he, he wanted it to go. But be that as it may, Paul had a gift that he was taking to the people in Jerusalem. And it came from mostly um, Gentile Christians, Christians who had come out of being Gentiles in that region of Macedonia and Achaia, which would be like Philippi and and. and um, and Corinth and, 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 and Thessalonica and all those areas right there, they had gathered some money and gave it to Paul and said, get this to the people in Jerusalem. The people that were in Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem was made up of mostly Jewish believers. They had come out of Judaism. And this was huge because the people that were in that region had collected money to say, hey, we, we want this to go to them. Because those who were in Jerusalem, some of them, not all of them, but some of the Christians in Jerusalem still didn't trip out on the, Jew, on, on the Gentiles coming, coming into the church. They still had this trip that, that the Gentiles, if you want to come into the church, you have to become a Jew and then become a Christian. And so they had put these trips on these guys. And so the Christians from Macedonia and Achaia, when they heard the plight that was going on, the difficulties that were going on in the church of Jerusalem, they wanted to help. And they wanted to come alongside and provide whatever they could, whatever was needed to minister to these guys. You see, they, the the, the Gentiles of that region, of that world, had received so much from those guys from from Jerusalem who had sent out people, because that's where the church started. And they started sending people out. People were going from Jerusalem and starting churches and doing things. And Paul came from Jerusalem, and then he went to Antioch, and then he came out and he started ministering. So those people were so grateful for the church in Jerusalem. That was like the mother church. That's where everything started. 
And I don't know if those guys up there knew how these guys felt about them, but these guys up here felt like, man, we want to help. We want to do whatever it takes. And, and again, I, I, I don't know what, how they felt, but this was a gesture of, if they did know that these guys didn't trip out on them, this was a gesture of unity. It's like, I don't care what you guys think about me, I want to help. If they didn't know about it, hopefully when these guys, these brothers and sisters received this gift, they ate some humble pie. Going, wow, here we think these these guys are like less than and they're here ministering to us. Regardless of the fact, those in Macedonia and Achaia felt indebted. They felt grateful for them. And they saw a need and they felt that they could do something. It may not have been much. I don't know how much it was. It doesn't tell us. <clears throat> but they felt like they needed to pay them back for all that they've done, all the good that they had done for them. It's interesting because in the beginning of Romans, Paul says to them, to the Romans, that he was a debtor both to the Gentiles and the barbarians, to, uh, both to wise and to unwise. You see, Paul had received so much grace from the Lord that he felt that he was indebted, not just to the Lord, but to all the people to go share the gospel. For all that he had received, what, what else could he do but just share the gospel for Jesus Christ? So he felt a debt to everybody. And this contribution that, that Paul brought to the church in, in, in Jerusalem was just money, you know, in one sense, but it wasn't just money. He, he, he says in, 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 verse, in verse 28 that, it, that this was like fruit. Fruit for all the labor that had gone on. It, it really wasn't a payback of being indebted to them in any way. The, the, the Gentiles didn't owe them anything. All the glory went to God for their salvation. But because the church of Jerusalem had given of themselves in the first place, Sending people out, sharing the gospel, reaching out to the Gentiles. They received a blessing from them. And now it was a time of need for them. And so they received a blessing from these people. And it happened to be financially. They were hurting. And, 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 and these people met the need. I... I I honestly believe that because God has given us grace and salvation and all those things that come with knowing Him, we should all be givers as well. We, we, we are indebted to Christ for everything. I know we can never pay Him back, but God is such a giver, isn't He? <laughs> he is such a giver. He, he gave His only begotten Son, and He didn't have to. And yet He gave. And, and yet, sometimes, even as Christians, we just like take that for granted. And we shouldn't. We should be grateful all the time that God is such a giver. And because God is such a giver, we should always desire to be givers as well. And I'm, I'm not just talking financially. I'm just talking about what, what, what are you giving back to God? Are you presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Him, which is your reasonable service, saying, here I am, Lord. Anything you want from me, I will go do anything or, or or do we feel like you owe me 
You owe me more than, than I have. And yet we, we see that these Christians here, they were so indebted to, to people even that they were willing to help them out. They didn't have to. The, 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 this gift that they were giving was just, just almost a, like a natural product that came from them because others had given to them and they were saying, here, I'll give back. This is like a fruit of my labor for what you guys have done, the, the, what you guys have poured into us, the watering you guys did for, for me, the fruit that's coming out of it, here. What else can I do? I, I think that as Christians, we, we should never forget how grateful we should be to the Lord. And I'm not talking that we have to be so grateful for people or church or, or things like that, but why not? If people are pouring into you, I'm not saying that now you've got to pay them back. Because people, or, or we shouldn't be doing things to see what we can get in return. But we should always be wanting to say, Lord, here am I. You've given me salvation. You've given me grace above everything and anything. What else do I, what else can I do for you? And again, I don't know what that means for you. I know what that means for me. (laughs) That, That I should never take anything for granted what I get to do for the Lord. I should never take anything for, I I want to do all I possibly can. And I don't know what that means even from today. I don't have plans to move out and go do other stuff. But it's like, Lord, if you're going to keep me here, I want to pour out as much as I can. That's all I want to do. Again, the picture that we're getting here from, 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 from Paul is that he was going to do all he could to get the gospel out. And then the people that, that, that he was ministering to, those people were going, here, Paul, take care of those people that, that, that helped us. And Paul is conveying that to these people, going, man, once I, I drop this off, I, I still have a desire to go see you. And so verses 29 to, to the end of the chapter... It says, but I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Romans 1.11 says, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. Paul had a plan in getting to Rome. And when he got there, he was going to pour himself out still. (laughs) Even though he was done in one area, when he got to Rome, he says, "I, I, I, I want to give to you what I've received. I want to continue to pour myself out to you. Just like he had done hundreds of other times to everybody else, he still was not done. And I have no doubt that he would have uh, done according to his plans. He, if, if, it, if everything would have gone perfect for him, if he was on this vacation cruise to Spain and he stopped in Rome, he still would have poured himself out. But instead, things got changed and he did get to Rome, but he got to Rome in shackles. And he got to Rome as a prisoner. And he was going to be taken to a, a, a place where, where, where he would be guarded 24-7. And regardless of how he got there, he came in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. You see, 
he didn't get there so upset that it didn't go his way. That he thought, forget you, God. Yeah, you got me to Rome in shackles. Or in shackles. How good is that? He still had an attitude of, I am going to minister to my brothers and sisters. And he had the opportunity in the place where they had put him that he was able to have visitors all the time and he continued to pour himself out in his chains. And again, how many of us would have would have at, at one point gotten like so upset going, really God? I've been serving you for all these years, doing what was right, preaching the, the gospel, and now you're sending me the way I'm going? Come on. And it's interesting, from the time that he is writing this book, to the time he gets to Rome, it will be about three or four years still. Because he's going to make his way to Jerusalem as, as, as he shares, and when he gets there, and he got there, and he spent time in prison in, in, in Jerusalem, being forgotten by, by some of the people that moved on, and then being sent to Caesarea. And all that time, he was bound And yet Paul, regardless of the situation, whether his plans went the way he wanted them or not, he was going to continue to preach the gospel. He was going to continue to keep this this attitude of, I still understand my calling. I still know that I'm a Christian. I still know that God has called me. And he wasn't going to stop representing Christ because it didn't go his way. And I think oftentimes as Christians, we're like little babies. If it doesn't go our way, it's like, God must hate me. He must have turned his back on me. It's like, could it be, is it possible that he's saying, well, I I, I like your plans, but my plans are going to be better. You're going to learn some important lessons this way, because if if I don't take you in this direction with these heartaches and this hardship, then you're never going to learn the lessons when you get there. And oftentimes we want the the easy road, and the easy road is not always the best road. It really is not. And sometimes God takes us through all these these trials and all these things that are going on, and there's a guy, are you serious, guy? He's going, just wait, man. Just wait until you get to the other side. Paul gives us a great example here for us. And even as he's, 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 again, not knowing what will become of all of this, he says to them in verse 30, I beg you, my brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayer to God for me, that I may be delivered from those who don't believe in Judea, and that my service in Jerusalem will be accepted by the saints. Again, he understood, man. I'm going to bring this money to them. And these guys are going, who is it from? He said, man, just pray that they accept it. I, I can imagine he's praying for humility for these guys. Man, Lord, I, I hope you prepare their hearts. And so he's pleading with, with his, his, his Roman brothers that they would join into this spiritual battle that he knew was ahead of him against the unbelievers and even with the believers. And Paul understood the importance of prayer, intercessory prayer, of praying for one another, of being down in the trenches with someone and just agonizing in prayer because that word striving is, is, is a wrestling, it's a battle. 
You know, and there's times that we need to be in, in, in prayer with one another to, to because they're going through a hard time and they're going, man, I don't know what's in front of me, but I just feel that there's going to be a, a spiritual battle. Can you join me in that? And sometimes as Christians, it's like, oh, geez, that sounds too tedious. <laughs> oh, I'll pray for you, bro. And you never pray for them. <laughs> you know, how many times have we done that? I'll pray for you, bro. Now understand once again that at the time of this writing he finally gets there in three or four years so he's asking them to pray. Can you imagine a year goes by? Two years go by. The discouragement that can set in because he hasn't seen anything. There's no ticket in his hand for Spain yet. <laughs> he's just locked up. And guys oftentimes when people are agonizing through a time and it goes on for a week or a month, and we're going, gosh, Lord, enough already. We're talking three or four years here. How much discouragement can set in? See, there's times that we have to battle in prayer, and, and God doesn't answer right away. Or He's not answering the way we want Him to. And oftentimes it's because it's not His timing. And it's not, it's, 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 it, it, there's a purpose that he has that we, we don't quite understand. And the lessons that we will have to learn. And yet he says, in verse 32, he says, that, that I may come to you with joy in the will of God. By the will of God, that I will come in the joy and when you read the account of Paul finally making it to Rome in verse or chapter 28 of Acts, many were excited to see him finally get there. And again, you've got to understand there was no, hardly any communication between them unless somebody was traveling to and fro, you know. But when he finally got there, after receiving a letter three or four years earlier, they were excited to see him. It wasn't the greatest trip. <laughs> it was rough seas. But Paul got there and there was still joy in his heart. Here as he's writing, he has this, this perfect cruise and yet it didn't go that way. But when he gets there, when you read that, that last chapter of Romans 28, there's still joy that he gets there. <laughs> Even in chains and shackles and in, into a prison. But he saw his brothers and sisters and that's all that mattered. He was going to still have fellowship with them. And it was going to be sweet with them. And he was going to be with them and encourage them. And just like all the other times when, when he preaches the gospel, some were persuaded and some didn't believe. But he continued. He didn't stop. He gets released from, from there and he leaves. And it's quite possible that it was at that time that he did maybe make it over to Spain some some tradition says that he, he possibly made it to Spain and even to Britain, but that's only tradition. I don't know if he got to see those places that he wanted to go, but I do know he got to get to, to Rome. He went there twice. The second time he got there, he, he went to die. But you know what? He made the best of everything. Even when his plans didn't go according to or the way he wanted him to go. He didn't give up. 
He, he didn't get mad at God. You never, you never see him like really shaking his fist at God and saying, I can't believe you've done this to me. I thought you were on my side. Never. And guys, it's okay that we make plans. I encourage you to make plans for your future. Some of you guys are so like focused and, 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 and that's good. But when things don't go exactly the way you want them to go, is, is it possible, could it be, that God has a better plan? You know, I, I, I went back to, to, to Proverbs um, and, and there's a portion where it talks about how how we're t- uh, if I can find it. It says, the horse is prepared for, for the day of battle. But deliverance is from the Lord. We, we, we can prepare. We can, we can do everything we want to do. But the Lord's the one that's going to have the final say. And you know, in, in whatever we do, we should always acknowledge Him in all our ways. And He will direct our path. We, we could make our plan, we can make our itinerary, but say, here it is, Lord. If you want it, if this is what you want for me, change whatever you need. I, I, I think that's the best way to do it, not be freaked out when it doesn't go our way. I, I know some people don't make plans for anything. It's like they just fly by the seat of their pants and God bless them. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. But this I do know, that if I am reading His Word daily, if I am praying daily, if I am in fellowship daily, if I am wanting to share my faith on a regular basis, it doesn't matter what comes my way. I want to be in the middle of God's will. And sometimes the middle of God's will is in the middle of a shipwreck. To minister to somebody on a deserted island <laughs> or thought that it was deserted because they needed a healing. It's like, that, that's what happened with Paul. It didn't happen with me. It happened with Paul. You see, those people that he still had to touch and the ship had to get broken up and stuff. And it's like, let's just swim on the shore. And God gets them to Rome. Not on a pleasure cruise, but he got there nonetheless. And whatever God has in store for you, I could, I could guarantee you his plan is way better than your plan. But seek him. Acknowledge him in all your ways and He will direct your path. Amen? Let's stand. Father, we, once again, we bless You and we thank You, Lord, for Your faithfulness. Lord, just showing us again through Your Word um, how men make plans, even godly men like, like Paul. They had desires, they had hopes, they had dreams. And Lord, even though You would get him to Rome eventually, it, it wasn't the way he drew it out. And yet, Lord God, because we know the end of the story, we know the way it played out, Lord God, we know that God, um, he still rejoiced. He still had joy. He still shared the gospel. He didn't give up. Thank you, Lord, for giving us examples like Paul. And I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord. I don't know what plans that they are in the middle of that they, uh, it just hasn't gone the way they wanted it. I pray for them right now, Lord. 
that, Lord, if they've been mad at you or angry at people because it hasn't gone their way, that they would humble themselves tonight. And that, Lord, you would just show them your love and your plan that is far better, far greater. Be with my brothers and sisters tonight, Lord. Speak to them, minister to them. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, if you need prayer, Pastor Gary's up here.